I'm trying something new here on this pod. I am. I've moved my fan into the recording room here because it's hot as balls. Okay. We'll see if my uh, my audio software can take that out or not. If not, I mean, it's the fifth way, so who cares? <laughs> uh, for what's worth, I can't hear your fan. Good. You know what I was thinking we should do at some point is talk about Troyan's short film, except I keep meaning to watch it, and I have not yet. So next time? Yeah, I guess we can try to plan for that. Okay. We gotta. Maybe we should hold off until... Uh, like after the pod, like take a little time picking out these movies we do because man, this movie sucked. Yeah, <laughs> this was bad. Uh, mm. We can always tweet at some point. Hey, we decided after the fact mm-hmm. this shall be the next movie. Yeah, picking uh, with a gun to our head, so to speak, hasn't always yeah. yielded the best results. Maybe, but maybe that's part of the charm. Anyway. <laughs> Podcast brought yeah. to you by Hogarden. What are you drinking? Uh, champagne. Mm. Cheap champagne. I don't know if this is even worse champagne. This movie. This might be a quick podcast, by the way. I don't know how long I can go on this stupid movie. Please tell me this is the start. It's always the start. This this movie needs an autopsy. I mean, it needs something. It's not okay. It's not like. Yes, it is. It's not bad. It's just yes, it bland. Is. It's just no, it's, mediocre. It's also bad. It is. It horrible. is not. It is not like Superman versus Batman bad. I'd say it's worse. Yeah, that's right. Ooh, because mm-hmm. it's not memorable. That be your argument? It's fucking incompetent. It is just garbage. There's like a whole stretch of this movie where you can't even see what's happening on screen. It's just dark, and it's just like, ugh, God. Anyway. <laughs> Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. And I'm Marcus Sparks. Welcome to Headcanon this week. For some reason, I don't know, some asshole decided we should watch The Fifth Wave, the Chloe mm-hmm. Moretz vehicle, her, her YA vehicle that was going to launch her to start him. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about. I hope she sued the fuck out of them just for, for what? For talking her into this she movie. Sue what her agent. What was the script like? Like, what? The script comes to you and you're like, yeah, I read this thing. I got to be in on this. Yeah, I don't. I I assume it was like, hey, this this new YA series is hot. You know, like you got to get in on this. Like, probably one of those things where like the book hadn't been published yet, but they're already like building like the juice for it. I feel like this guy Ricky Yancey's agent or somebody's publisher was like, man, we're really in like the fifth wave of like YA literature, and he's just like, Mm -hmm. I'll have a manuscript to your desk by Monday. It really seems like one of those things I am trying holding to, a copy to manufacture. It is, it is thick. Thick? Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see how there it would be a lot thick. more in the book because they really yada yada over a ton of shit in this movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, this really feels like a movie where the entire concept was like kind of, it was like fate, like the hype, was, you know, like, like they paid for like a lot of... Uh, like pre-hype, you know, publicity and buzz before the book series even launched. And so they tried to make something happen rather than like fans finding the material organically and it just never developed. It's 450 fucking pages long. Hmm. Also, the first line of this book is aliens are stupid. 
Aliens are stupid. Wow. Title. <laughs> Wildcat. Hey, should we talk about Solo? The trailer? Yeah, let's talk about Solo. Let's talk Might about well. stuff before yeah. we get to Fifth Wave. Uh, what did you see this weekend, by the way? What movie did I see? Yeah, did you see a movie? I did not. No, I was uh, busy writing yesterday, and today it was so fucking hot. I just like stayed inside and melted. Okay, cool. What did you see? Uh, I went to go see... Uh, Oh my god, I've completely forgotten the name of the movie. The Wes Anderson movie. I Hope Dogs. I Hope Dogs. Mm-hmm. And then I went to go see... Shit. What was the other thing that was out this weekend? <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, it's been a long day. The Quiet Place? I thought The Quiet Place, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, memorable movies, <laughs> clearly. Mm-hmm. I liked I Hope Dogs. I really liked it. Um... It's fun, but it's it's the trailer. Like The trailer is the whole story. There's only a very little... Like I mean, I, I, I feel like that trailer, sells it a little short. I think I can say the trailer is very honest to the movie. Um, I would like to see Wes Anderson do a live action movie of some of the new people he brought in to do voices. Like I would love to see him do a movie of Greta Gerwig. I think she is like maybe made for his world, mm-hmm. vice versa. Yeah, Solo. So this this dropped yesterday mm-hmm. during American Idol, which I didn't watch. Um, I don't know the the whole solo marketing campaign of of taking a, a backseat on that. I'm not paying too close attention, so it's kind of like oh, like I, I knew like the day before that the trailer was coming, so I was like oh cool, I'll check that out mm-hmm. tomorrow. It was it's not like when the last Jedi trailer is going to drop and you're just like you know checking your watch like waiting for the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of the trailer? You know what i I enjoyed this. I think I'm at a point where. I, I know this movie is like not necessary, but I've I've come around to like I'm actively hoping it will be enjoyable because I don't want it to be bad. It kind of feels like uh, in some regards a like Firefly fan fiction movie to me hmm. uh, with with Chewbacca. I mean, wouldn't you say Firefly is more derivative of Star Wars, though? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, imagine the derivative of the derivative. I don't uh, I don't know if I, it would be fair to level that charge since like. Star Wars came first and like the Han Solo's side adventures in some form or another have already been told. So mm-hmm. I, uh, it's, it's very, it's intriguing as shit though. I mean, it's a lot of elements here and it's kind of interesting how they all like, how does the Paul Bettany stuff tie in with, uh, Enfys nest? Is that how you say it? Sure. I, I know there's a character named like scissor punch or something. <laughs> <laughs> Not joking there. I guess L3 is like L3 and Chewie are going to be like the standout characters. Do you think so? I don't know. Like based on like their two lines of dialogue in the trailer. Yeah. Um, and Lando's uh, Lando's really representing there. He's, he's showing up. No, I mean, it looks fun. The Han casting is the Han casting. That was just always going to be a failure like it i just there's no way you can recast harrison ford like you just can't so no matter what they do there the movie has that hanging over its head and you just kind of have to try to avoid it and enjoy the movie i guess mm-hmm. for an end note like why wouldn't you end with i don't know like another character's face in peril it's like i don't think she was gonna die here yeah but uh whatever i, I feel like it's kind of like this like hipster trailer take like, Oh, I'm smarter in the trailer. I figured out Chewie isn't going to die. It's like, yeah, we get it. Like we've all seen fucking seen movies before. 
no matter also, no matter what character it was, like you knew that character is going to die, or else they wouldn't have put it in the trailer. It's like another Wookiee in here too, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, it's Chewie's wife, most likely. Uh, what's her name from the Christmas special? I think it's like Walla. Okay, Walla. It's like the kids are like scratchy or sniffy or something like that. Lumpy. Lumpy, that's right. Yeah, there's a lot of things happening. I'm really I'm really intrigued. But yeah, the, even the train job, I was just like, ooh, it's a kind, of, kind of like a Firefly thing, although with actual big screen Man, effects. I, I can't believe this is your take. It's, a, it's like Firefly. Like, have you not said, have you not played any old Star Wars video games from back in the day? Um, I, I feel like it's barely a take, so I wouldn't level that much of your derision upon it. Um, I think, like, obviously, uh, Khaleesi's going to betray him. I'm kind of intrigued by uh, Paul Bettany's, like, looks like a laser whip a little bit. Looks like a vibroblade. Okay, is that some kind of Star Wars thing mm-hmm. in the books? Mm-hmm. Tell me all about the books. Talk about the 20 minutes. I sincerely doubt that Lawrence Kasdan is using any of the books as his source material. There were two Han Solo trilogies. They wrote one back in the 70s and one in the 90s. The one in the 90s, like the he has like basically this girlfriend who ends up in the rebellion and like dies. Like he like in the 90s books, the girlfriend he gets like the telegram or whatever that she's died for the rebellion, uh, helping steal the Death Star plans. By the way, like literally minutes before he meets Luke and. Uh, and Obi-Wan there. And so it's like, oh, Han was on the rebound the whole time. But I don't think they're going with that storyline for this. I think Amelia Clark is either definitely going to betray him or, I don't know, be killed in such a way as to disillusion him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they they kind of already went one way with that with the Bria Theron character. That's the his girlfriend from the books where it's like, He's disillusioned because, you know, his girlfriend was gung ho to fight the good fight and she died. And that's why he's like kind of broken up about it. So if either they're going to go that way again or she's going to betray him and that's how he becomes disillusioned. I know like in the new comics, I think he has a wife. No, he doesn't. She's just some other con artist. Oh, like she pretend to be a wife? Yeah. Okay. So it was, I don't know, that was like a whole dumb thing. They're like, what? Han's married? And it's like, no, obviously it's just a stupid comic book thing where. It was like because the last one I had read was the uh, it's like in uh, X Men in Gambit when like Belladonna shows up and she's just like, "I'm his wife, sugar." Mm. Anyway, I I was just like, "What's the point of this movie?" You know, a year ago. Now I'm watching it. I'm actively wanting it to be good. Um, I'm kind of curious some of the design stuff. What came from what are their names? Lego guys. Like, I, mean, I don't did, think did any of it of, did. Did, like the look of Emphis Nest, like the helmet and everything did that come from their take on no, it, like how it got redesigned. I'm sure that's all like from Lucasfilm and their art department. Like, I don't, okay. I don't anticipate Lord and Miller had as much to do with the design process as say like Ryan Johnson would have. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. I, I wonder what the DVD extras will be like for that movie. Yeah. How diplomatic would they be? I mean, it'll probably be like Rogue One, and they just don't show you anything. Because when you tell me that your your theory for the Force Awakens DVD extras was that because of lawsuits of Harrison Ford's injury, they just oh yeah, two theories. Didn't one, want to do too much of footage. 
one, they probably were afraid of going too much into the creative process because they still had two more movies to go and really know like what to tip their hand on and not. And also, yeah, the whole like Harrison Ford injury lawsuit thing. Like I could see them just deciding not to put too much of the, uh, the behind the scenes stuff in because of that. I think it's intriguing to go from, um, Omar from the wire, I forgot his name, uh, like his, whatever his original look Michael was supposedly the Michael K. Williams. And then like, I like that Paul Bettany's look is just like claw marks down his face. I think Michael K. Williams was supposed to be playing like a, something crazy, like a centaur or like a minotaur or something weird. Like, you know, like, half yeah, it was like, a, it was like a, like mountain lion head or something crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. What did you think of the music in the trailer? It's like this kind of like hitting these power chords on the guitar there. I wasn't crazy about the music. I wasn't crazy. I don't know. I kind of liked it, although I don't know. I mean, we'll see if that's in the movie or not. But um, I don't know. As a trailer music, at least, it was interesting. I, I mm-hmm. still, whenever the, these trailers end and they do this kind of weird version of the Force theme um, mm-hmm. for Solo, that always sounds weird to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like I have more faith in this movie based on this trailer than I did, like in the Rogue One. I'm just holding on to the fact that Lawrence Kasdan wrote it, and so at very least, it should be on a competently constructed movie. Mm. Cool. Anyhow, All right. That I think we covered that. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll be there. Yeah. Opening day or close to it, most likely. I, I I don't know if I would take time off to see this like I did for Last Jedi, but you know, try to try to see it as soon as possible. Okay. Mm-hmm. High praise. <sighs> and now I guess we have to talk about the fifth wave. Who boy? Do you have an opening statement? Yeah, I got some thoughts here. Uh, the fifth wave. This is. Uh, this is a movie that I guess things happen. They don't really happen to characters that we care about or, or give a fuck about or even really know about. Um, I think the thesis that we'll get at is that this movie is trash. Like the kind of trash you get when you blend Red Dawn and Ender's Game and Body Snatchers and Hunger Games together poorly. I kind of am shocked that this is not an Alan Smithy film. It's probably the, the truest thing I can say. Um, I think you talked about it being hackish. I mean, I would say it's textbook on how to do a movie that's like lifeless and listless and unengaged and uninvolved. Um, it was hard. I watched it over like three settings because I had a hard time. And it just makes me almost want to look at eighties movies that I enjoyed a little bit more harshly. Uh, and yet those movies kind of shine compared to this and the pacing is garbage. This movie is easily 35 hours long on its long and boring every single minute of those 35 hours. And I'm still perplexed if there's really supposed to be a palpable love interest or, or, or love triangle, I mean, or like a love quadrangle here. I don't know. Don't watch this movie. That's my thoughts. Yeah, this movie was Over. trash. It was god awful. Um, it was way worse than I thought it could be. Just a, mm-hmm. a complete failure on like even a basic technical level. Um, the script is trash. The acting is horrible. The direction and set pieces are just laughably incompetent. There's a whole section of this movie that takes place at night in the dark, and it's lit so poorly you literally can't see what's happening. Um, 
ostensibly this is a Chloe Moretz movie or vehicle, I should say. And it's like the movie loses interest in her halfway through. And then it turns into some sort of like lame junior boot camp bullshit. Uh, what an awful, awful film. It's a more of a Love Simon movie or a Nick Robinson movie. After a while, yeah. All right. Well, did yeah. you have any top moments? Uh, well, I mean, I forced myself to come up with three here. Uh, <laughs> they're more like greatest hits of how terrible this movie is. Mm-hmm. This moment that I couldn't fucking believe i was witnessing on screen is as we'll get into but like there's a big bulk of this movie is children are enlisted into the military so there's like this platoon of like kid soldiers that are in our barracks at nights on the eve of a mission and the one kid in the bunk is just like oh, saying God. to the other kid named zombie like zombie are they really sending us to fight and i was like man this kid's gonna get full metal jacketed and instead this kid in love simon or nick robinson they sing fucking Coldplay to each other to, like, I don't even know, bolster each other's spirits. I just couldn't fucking believe this happening. Yeah, that scene was so bad. And it was so, <laughs> like, it seemed like they'd been trying to build up, you know, that zombie is, is a handle there. They'd been trying to build him up as kind of like this tough guy. And then he's, like, singing along with this mm-hmm. kid. It was just so dumb. And I guess that was, like, to explain why he would like leave the kid behind the next day or something like it was it what a failure Ugh. um my top three moments such as it is there's a bit where chloe moretz is showing pictures of her old life to this like evan guy and <laughs> at one point he she shows him a picture of her friend and, it, and he basically says like oh is she the funny one like <laughs> like wow okay um i don't know i i got a lot of enjoyment out of that i don't know if it was intended that way but it was a top moment for me he says she looks funny (laughs) she must be the funny one right well i think she's looking at it for half a second like like she's analyzing is that a diss (laughs) and she's like yeah she goes funny Mm -hmm. uh God, this movie's bad. My number two is there's but a part this where... movie. It's so bad that like those moments are very few and far between. It's not even like a so bad you can laugh at it kind of thing. It's just bad. Yeah, this isn't even like a first draft of a script. This is like if you turn this in as a first draft, you are getting fired. Mm-hmm. Um, instead, you're making this movie. It's like a fucking Akiva Goldsman. Um, my did number two you, moment is. Did you see who produced this movie? One of the producers. Uh, oh, it's Toby Maguire, right? Toby fucking Maguire. <laughs> I want to get in on that YA money. That sweet YA cash. Pussy Posse's going nowhere. Is he the funny guy in the Pussy Posse? I don't know. All those guys are trash. Yeah, I know. But like, they should do in jail time, I feel like. But, um, God, somebody, somebody's going to write a book about them and it's going to be glorious. I mean, I, as uh, I understand, I still haven't seen the movie, but apparently Molly's game. I don't know if they say explicitly that that's supposed to be Tobey Maguire. I think it might just be like Michael Sarah in the, the role of Tobey Maguire and you just have to know it's supposed to be him. But like, apparently like he's the cause of all the bullshit, which wouldn't surprise oh. me at all. Oh, man. I mean, can you imagine if your life was summed up in that Michael Sarah played you in a movie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so my number two moment is when Chloe Moretz fights Maria Bello, uh, who I don't know why she's in this movie. Uh, she rams her head into like this like glass 
wall to knock her out. Um, Rhea Bella, who's, who's like defining character trait, her affectations is she wears like big red Joker lipstick and she's in the military. Um, is so after she like smashes her face in this glass and like knocks her out afterwards when Chloe Marce, like looks at like the indent in the glass, there's just like this weird lipstick smear. And I don't know why that stuck with me. Well, you know, I, I think that that lipstick was like military issue because uh, what was his name? Nick Robinson zombie there. He's wearing yeah. it, too. He's obviously wearing this like fuchsia lipstick. Uh, which is he? I, yeah it's i mean I, I think it's just because their their makeup and their lighting and whatnot is really poor so it's noticeable but yeah like it, it stood out to me it's like oh why is everybody in the military wearing the same shade is he wearing like the glam makeup that like uh edward's wearing in the first twilight movie no no not that but you can tell they're trying to like add some color to his lips um and mm. it, it just stands out to me i've been noticing that more lately like mm. every time i watch the last jedi now i'm like when is ray like ducking away to put some lip gloss back on like touch it touch up it's like you definitely notice it in all the Octu scenes. Mm. Yeah, you really get chapped lips in Octu. Mm-hmm. Um, my number two moment is the when Ringer shows up. Yes. Um, played by is it like Maka Monroe? I think. Yep. Yep. Um, t- playing against type, I guess, is like tough chick. Um, and she's like tough gop chick, t- telling everyone how it is, and then she announces <laughs> that she plays chess. Would you like to play? Any y'all play chess up in here? I don't play poker like you proles. Anyone want to push some chess pieces around with me? No, later. Yeah. <laughs> My number one moment is that moment when she shows up. And because they're like, they're doing the whole thing where you have these fucking children playing poker. And they're like, do you hear about the new guy in the squad? And it's her. She's like, golf super soldier. And so she's like, immediately starting in on zombie there like i guess she's pissed off that he's the head of the squad and she can like that's how you get to become squad leader is just by like sticking it to the existing squad leader and like being insubordinate maybe in the fucking klingon empire yeah Yeah, i don't know (laughs) but uh she's like really laying in the zombie there and like these other two boys are just like ogling the fuck out of her ass and it turns out she has eyes in her ass because she screams at them like don't cat call my butt with your eyes um, and then she immediately goes into anyone this barrack touches me, I'll fucking kill them. And so after she asks Zombie, then like she regains her composure. I like to play chess. Do you play? <laughs> the one guy who's getting the eyeful of those buttons is like, yuck, yuck, yuck. How about strip poker? And she karate chops his dildo in the throat and yells, and no demeaning sexist remarks. And I was like, okay. I don't know how this isn't the whole movie. <laughs> It really does seem like two movies stapled together. It's kind of bizarre in that way. Um, it's like the movie. It's yeah, like, yeah. wait a minute. The Chloe Moretz plotline is boring. Let's do some sort of boot camp shtick. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. My number one moment, such as it is, just because when this happened, I, I still had some sort of hope for the movies at the very beginning when she shoots <laughs> that guy in the face. So I was just like, ooh. Blowing Moretz, blowing people away, not feeling too bad about it. Also, at the beginning there, there's like a bit where she's like looting this like 7-Eleven or whatever. She's like steals some jerky, some bottle of water, steals some tampons. And I was like, huh, maybe this is going to be the kind of movie that actually kind of explores what it'd be like for, you know, a young woman in a post-apocalyptic society. Like they're not going to shy away from that. And then that's literally the last, you know, hint of that you get in the entire movie. <sighs> This movie is so dumb. The The fundamental problem of it being a Chloe Moretz vehicle is that, mind you, she was fucking hit girl. Um, 
is that she should be the one like doing action shit. Like she should be the star. And it's like, it's essentially like the post-apocalyptic, like alien version of like Felicity and like Nick Robinson is like Scott Speedman. And we're like following him for a while. And he's like the fucking action hero. And then she meets another guy and he's the fucking Mm -hmm. action hero. She's limping around for a lot of the movie. She's fucking literally limping around for half the movie. And then at one point she has a gun. And Nick Robinson's like, hey, I'm an all right guy. Trust me. We, we, I'm your crush from high school, remember? And she's like, here's your gun back. And it's like, what it the almost, fuck are you doing? It almost makes me wonder if she like broke her ankle during the shoot and they had to rewrite the entire script or something, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like I would have I would have become the problem actor. I, I wish she had become the problem actor and was just like, I'm putting my foot down. I'm not giving the fucking gun back. Mm-hmm. Let me carry a fucking firearm for at least the last 10 minutes of this goddamn movie. Yeah. All right. Well, any complaints? Uh, tons. We'll get to them. I mean, do you have like any overarching, overarching, just the production value is terrible. The sound makes us bad. I swear to God, like, could you see what was going on in those night scenes at towards the end there? Like the only one I remember is when he's like beating the shit out of like the other alien hunter types. I, I literally couldn't see what was happening in that scene. It was just black to me. And I'm watching this on like an HDR TV with like plenty of brightness behind it. I don't know if it's just the version I'm watching or what, but it's like, it's just black with some like kind of like flashes of light here and there. By the end I could make it out, but it did start off like a pitch blackness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> uh, I mean, that would be my, my big overarching complaint. And just, I, I think the melding of the YA tropes with the alien invasion plot, it just didn't work for me. Like, I feel like the movie lacked the kind of verisimilitude to make me take the premise seriously. Mm-hmm. Like it just didn't seem like they're trying hard enough. Well, the movie doesn't give more a shit. Why should I give a shit? Yeah. Yes. So you could relate to it. Okay. If like, if you wipe like, out eat that guy, Chloe, eat him, eat him EMP. And then you wipe out the coast with like earthquakes and tidal waves. Like where are you getting the food? You know, like you've got enough food for maybe two weeks. Like, it wouldn't take that long for it to descend into complete anarchy. All right. Yeah. I would Think love about to see that. your version of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Making herself a taco out of Kyle Chandler. <laughs> Kyle Chandler. <laughs> or Maggie Siff. Or uh, what's his name? Ron Livingston. Oh, yeah. wait, Ron Livingston. Yeah. Well, I was confused. that guy with Kyle Chandler. Poor, poor man's Kyle Chandler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say really missing my uh, taco parts, Bob. Yeah, poor Midge couldn't survive the third wave. Jesus, Maggie Stiff, like, why did you show up for this movie? I mean, let's let's get into oh, it because I I feel like the those parts of the movie are the interesting parts to me, mm-hmm. like the kind of slow degradation of society. And it it really just breezes through them as quickly as it can. Yeah. Like, uh, like, yeah. Like Uh, we never even get a little bit of a hint of what happens to like her best friend there, the funny one. It's like she's in quarantine (laughs) and they just never mention again. I guess she dies from bird flu, but like funny, funny bird flu. (laughs) But it's like you think of a movie like, um, uh, what was the Soderbergh one? Oh, uh, uh, contagion right yeah we're like you do the cut to like oh there's that character we've been watching like 
we knew she was sick and there she is like being put in the mass grave, you know, like you need a shot like that just to kind of communicate the progression. And then this, yeah. their, their version of that is to cut to a, uh, like a hand dug grave and a, a gravestone that just says mommy on it, which is like, that should that be, was, that should be touching, but it's, it's just like funny instead for some reason. It's such a hard cut from mm-hmm. like this weird, like uh close up to Maggie Siff. And then like the cute little stone where she's written in like pink ink, like mommy. Mm-hmm. That's my number four honorable mention. Cause it's so fucking ridiculous. It's, it's supposed to be like a, like a, a knife twist. I think like, <laughs> Ooh man. But yeah, no, it's like, what it did. Kyle Chandler, uh, you know, what Ron Loon's in there. Did he, he was just like, yeah, just put mommy on it. We don't need to put your mom's real name. <laughs> well, like, he's like, like you put Kyle Chandler on it. I don't care. And like the editor suite, did they, did the director just be like, we have a tone problem here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Cause right now the tone is trash. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. So this movie starts with like this survivalist thing. Like you said, she kills a dude with a machine gun like the back of a 7-Eleven he's like reaching for something and it freaks her out so she like kills him and it turns out he's just like reaching for his stupid crucifix I wanted her she to then shows... turn to the camera and be like I knew it was a crucifix I, I fucking wish uh, this is like the immediate res like cold open uh, she does not show this level of guile or killer like edge anywhere else in the movie no no anywhere uh it, it does. It feels like false advertising because later on, you're like, "Wait a minute! You've like barely even been on the run like a day when this happens." Like, also like the the boot camp thing. What were they? It's like two weeks of boot camp maybe for them, and they're already sending them out into the field. What the fuck? Well, like, well, also, <laughs> we'll get there. But like, why do they have to make a deal with Ringer to teach them how to shoot? Why can't the fucking <laughs> military teach them how to shoot? Fucking seriously it's like it's like if like little kids like did a shot for shot remake of starship troopers <laughs> um yeah so we even get like she goes and cries about killing this dude and then we get this like voiceover from her it's just like i miss the old me which is like said no one ever in this situation uh like totally lifeless voiceover she's at a party she's got a massive crush on nick robinson She's got the helpless little brother trope to be saddled with. I don't even remember the conversation with the friend at the party. Oh, the friend's a funny one. Uh, yeah. yeah, her brother. God, yawn. What a boring plot line. Like, I have to get my brother. I don't care. He's dead weight. Leave him behind. Yeah. Or, you know, oh, that make, fucking, make a taco out of him. When the, <laughs> that fucking teddy bear showed up. That teddy bear. I was I was expecting her to eventually tie that thing to her leg wound as like a to staunch the bleeding. I was like, yeah. are they literally going to have her like walk around with a fucking teddy bear strapped to her leg? Um, oh, that would be great too if she then at the end of the movie hands him back like the bloody, smelly teddy bear, and she's like, "Got you, fucking bear," and she like lights a stogie. <laughs> uh, like she should end this movie in an eye patch, right? Like she should become fucking cable by the end of this movie. She's a little uh, slow on the uptake. When the power goes out and then her phone stops working too, me immediately is like EMP because uh, I grew up in the 90s when that was the big like super weapon that you had to be afraid of. But like she doesn't seem to get it at all that like none of the electricity is working. Well, so we made her parents, Ron Lamington, Maggie Siff, who were just totally wasted. 
we get the thing where like they're watching the neighbors move away because aliens have appeared and they haven't done anything yet, but aliens have appeared in the sky. And I'm like, where the fuck are they, the neighbors going to go? There's a scene of her in high school when she witnesses the EMP's effects out the window, like a plane crashing and cars stopping. Why would you send your kids back to school? Um, that plane I think just I, falls out of the sky, by the way. <laughs> Doesn't even which, glide. No, it just it just falls. Um, wouldn't like a majority of cars on the road be fine in case of an EMP going off? Mm, no, I mean, they'd require some electrical system. They wouldn't maybe. necessarily. Like older ones would probably be fine. Um, so anything that's like drive by wire would have, but I mean, it's not like, like there are some things that are kind of battle hardened against like an electromagnetic pulse. So yeah, but this movie's not really interested in that. No, the movie, the movie sets up stupid rules that it won't even play by later. Uh, the aliens are called the others. I don't know why that's the preferred nomenclature. There's nothing to imply something philosophical about their otherness. No. I mean, why why do people agree on other as the term? Like, why wouldn't they just say the aliens? Hey, the aliens, man. Yeah. The aliens suck. Then uh, there's a scene where she and her brother, who were filling up wa- a wagon of water bottles from the dirty fucking river or whatever, are then attacked by a flowing river of dirty water, like. Well, this is seemingly like a um, an earthquake has caused some tidal waves, right? But she's like, well, we just had the Great Lakes to worry about, so it wasn't as bad for us. It's like, why can you have a tidal wave happen in one of the Great Lakes? Is that a thing that happens? I don't think so. Um, I'm not sure how an earthquake would cause, like, you know, Lake Michigan to to flood, you know, Ohio, but sure. Also, if you've ever wanted a massive, big sci-fi epic, and you were like, "Man, I wish Independence Day was set in Ohio," <laughs> yeah, here you go. <laughs> okay, uh, the the one dude, Tony, his character name is Dumbo, which just seems insulting to me. Oh, like, Tony Ravioli. Yeah, Tony Ravioli. Um, <laughs> is he supposed to be in like another country at the beginning? Because I, I keep seeing these things that say like Siam on the wall, and I'm like, where the fuck is that? But like yeah, he's witnessing this destruction, then later on he shows up in fucking Ohio with everyone else. I'm like, how'd he get there? Well, the, uh, yeah. So you put a good point. the The fucking budget is completely blown on watching a tsunami wipe out a coastal city, then part of London, then some building in Siam. Well, that was um, when I was still a little excited for this movie because I I like myself some disaster porn. I'll watch all mm-hmm. those stupid uh, Roland Emmerich movies, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm into destruction. But that was it. They they shot their wad. That was it. <laughs> is that like, is that like your like Tinder thing? Is it just like I'm into destruction? Hmm. No, but let me update swipe that. Whatever direction you hey, swipe. Speaking of phones, I yeah, have yeah. to point this out. Um, before, first of all, they're using Sony phones, which is hilarious. Um, but before <laughs> the power goes out, before the EMP, she's texting the funny one, her friend Elizabeth there in school mm-hmm. and Elizabeth is like, Oh, I should like tell love Simon. You're into some inner world sex. And she texts back like, don't you dare. Or she's about to, she types out Y O U and then it auto corrects to you. It just fascinates me that they would animate that. Like that, that Chloe Moretz's character, Cassie has like set up the auto correct on her phone to auto to rather than just type you, she would type Y O U and then it would auto correct to you. To be more like teenage, like tech speak. Is it possible that Chloe Moretz is the funny one? Mm-hmm. She, I don't know if she seems like the total teenage girl or like 
like the least teenage girl I've ever seen in the movie. Her hair is way too flawless for the entire movie. Oh, her hair at, is at no point at no point did it look like she'd been like sleeping outdoors or camping or didn't have access to like hair care products. It's like it, her hair always looks amazing. No, I kept waiting for the pan over to her fucking team. Yeah. That's why I look so fucking good, even though I've got like a bullet wound in my thigh. <laughs> She's also like tooling around in like jeggings for most of this movie. Yeah. Her her character's primary thing is just like lip biting too. Lots of lip biting. Yeah, this isn't it's not a great vehicle for her like, you know, star performance here. Like she's not really doing a whole lot to improve her her standing in Hollywood, I would say. And I think she she is a good actor, but like you wouldn't know it from this movie. The thing about this movie is just go watch Clouds of Sils Maria again. Well, what's uh, up with that one shot where it's like it's a slow-mo shot of her running into the woods and then she it's really bizarre because she does this abrupt like 90 degree turn to start running like sideways mm-hmm. and she runs sideways in slow motion for you know five seconds and then it just cuts it's really weird it was like that's the best take you got like it really yeah. seems like they had like a one acre space of forest in georgia to film on and mm-hmm. they just used that one acre for all it's worth um did you see the trivia where uh, when the one explosion goes off later in the movie, they were filming that like 3 a.m. in Atlanta mm-hmm. and the explosion went bigger than it was supposed to. And it blew out like a shit ton of windows that the production then apologized for and promised they would pay for. And apparently to this day, they have still not been like fixed. Good. <laughs> I feel like companies went out of business because of this, this fucking movie. I mean, like production companies, I hope producers are poor. Anyway, so minus destruction. The others have done something to the fault lines. Her and her brother like end up in like a tree to escape like the flowing river underneath them. I don't know how the fuck they get out of that situation. Yeah, I man. But oh. I, I, what point did you know this movie went wrong? Because my point is right about here. So my point is when this plane just falls out of the air and crashes right in front of her school. It explodes okay. and shoots all this stuff into the air. And the the like flaming debris it shoots magically lands exactly on the crash cars and nowhere else. It was just yeah. like fuck you in particular, crash car. Like, like wow, that was convenient. So somehow I don't know. I guess I was hopefully naive for like two minutes more. So at one point she's walking away from Love Simon, and she points <laughs> over is just like, and I never saw that dude again. Yeah, I, I'm like, like what the. Fuck? later on you're like wait is this gonna turn out he's like been body snatched or whatever no uh just imagine like in fucking star wars like ray has a big scene of kylo ren and then she's just like and i never saw him again (laughs) anyway so the third wave of the five is bird flu it's just fucking avian flu maybe Uh, maybe ray never saw kylo ren again but she did see ben solo or Ben Swallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Some bad CGI fake water here. And it's like, what is this, like Lake Michigan flooding or something? Or Lake Erie or something? I mean, uh, I don't know. Are, are they just right up against Lake Erie, like filling up water bottles with like lake water? Aren't you supposed to get it from like the back of the toilet first? Mm-hmm. Or fill up a would you, or something? Would you rather drink water from the back of a toilet or from a stream? I mean, I would definitely boil it either way, but yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so we we kind of like just casually find out that her mom has died from bird flu, Mommy. In which I mean, 
we get the cut of the mom as they've like rounded up people to the football field who are infected with bird flu. There's very little security there. They're all going to die. And we get like a close of Maggie Siff and then they're just putting the mommy marker on this. Mm-hmm. They, they buried her in the backyard. Like she's a fucking bat. And I, I guess that Chloe Moretz and her perfect hair is immune because her and the rest of her family are fine. Oh, that hair was shielded from anything. I was waiting at the end of that take where like the dad is just like holding the kids and they're like looking down at the mom. I was waiting in classic Ron Livingston style for him to be like, well, dad's back on the market. Yeah. I mean, it just <laughs> need me a grief rebound. I just don't think this movie had the budget to tell the scope that of the story that was trying to tell, you know? So like my, my thing is throw out all of this stuff, like just start with her shooting a dude at the Seven Eleven, and just I, I feel like there's yeah. a, an artistic way again like quiet place they don't no spoiler but they don't really like get into like hey, you don't need to see visuals of it ending was i right about that thing i was uh, speculating on oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like in the first five minutes yeah oh boom nailed it yeah, yeah. um so also somewhere lost in the <laughs> the mystic nature of mom's death her her funny friend elizabeth also dies of bird flu i guess i guess we know ne- we don't know i mean i don't know who knows that it's like that would have been in the sequel or yeah yeah so it, there isn't even that kind of like you do the kind of like slow motion fade out you know it's like the friends waving just so we kind of get like oh yeah they're dead you know um does she even talk to that girl when they walk away from each other not really <laughs> but it's you- not like sorry i gotta go yeah she's just like nah whatever later you the other side Side, funny one mm-hmm. <laughs> hope they have some good jokes in heaven um so they're gonna leave the house and like camp out to somewhere ron Williamson is like casually telling his kids that he had the aliens have been careful not to like damage the earth and i'm like careful <laughs> the tsunamis and shit but uh what you'd want from the earth would you just want resources or would you care about well, infrastructure how does he know this has he just been on the couch they, in his tidy whities like watching cnn all day because of the grief of his dead spouse he's got the script man that's how he knows <laughs> i love this the, the, there's no power but we still have to have this like gratuitous shot of a sony uh cell phone here that she pulls yeah. out and stares at for five seconds and like make sure we see the sony logo there's no way she wouldn't be ha- using an iPhone in like a, a real world, you know, situation here. But yeah, thanks, Sony. This seems like a, a hostage situation for Sony. I feel like Sony would pay more money to not have their name associated with this. I mean, uh, Sony is nothing if not incredibly incompetent at making movies, so it's not surprising. Um, so by twenty minute why, mark, I felt like nothing had happened, which is hilarious because this is a movie where aliens have attacked and the society has collapsed. Why does her dad wait until the middle of the night in the dark when you can't really see anything to give her the gun and show her how to use it? I have no like, idea. Like you couldn't have had this talk before you joined the refugee camp. I I could even see like okay, maybe the dad wasn't thinking about this until like he saw a lot of other guns around the place. He started to like think like oh, I need to be smarter about this. I need to arm my daughter. Could we have gotten that scene mm-hmm. where it's not so dark you barely can see anything on screen? That's, that's just my only request. Also, he gives her maybe the simplest, quickest, worst, like, gun safety pep talk. <laughs> it's like, here's safety on, safety off. She's like, I literally can't see what you're doing. Yeah. And so she's just like, Dad, I thought we were safe here. And he's like, Pumpkin, there's nothing safe here anymore. <laughs> and he makes, he makes classic Ron Livingston face. Yeah. Which is like lesser gym face from the office um yeah my number five top moment is when they get to the fucking like summer camp refugee camp 
and it's like horribly assembled and there's fucking voiceover there's like a poor fucking editor doing their best to salvage we do get the shot of some random dude just like fiddling with his drumsticks on a table like life ain't so bad picking some green beans yeah yeah uh and then the only person who's like really acting shows up about this point (laughs) shriver yeah I mean, say what you will. I mean, maybe this is just leave Shriver's like way, but like, yeah, I feel like he's the only person who's like chewing what little scenery there is here, like like a cannibal's butt. Right? I don't know if I call it chewing necessarily because he's really like he's going understated the whole time. He's doing that leave Shriver thing where he's like yeah. he's really trying to put a lot of understated kind of you know emotions and 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 feelings and thoughts into into all his decisions there. But it's like, man, this is the wrong movie for that. This is the wrong movie entirely. Counterpoint, Gail, I did my part. Mm-hmm. If you had uh, a mom, it's not him, but I was that line. So the military shows up. You it's should Diane be Diane Sawyer. <laughs> you should be a little fucking curious about like why they have working vehicles, like or maybe not. I don't know. So everyone cheers. We make sure to hear a guy yell USA. <laughs> yeah, she knows in the background of that like the summer camp pool. There's just like a truck like plowed right into it it's like half in the pool like a sex comedy just ended five minutes before this movie started ron this is the movie i just uh i don't want to be here anymore so uh i'm gonna go die over there not be in this movie maybe instead of fantastic beast this is the movie we probably should have watched in the same room Mm -hmm. while we were just getting fucking shit faced you know a lot more beer for that yeah yeah, like a beer IV. Um, yeah, so the military's whole thing is they're going to put the kids on buses and take them back to Wright Pat. And then presumably the buses will come back and pick up the adults because the fifth wave is imminent. We're in the middle of the fourth wave. Did you say Wright Pat? Is that like military lingo? That's what most people call Wright Patterson. Mm. Oh. They just shorten Wright Pat. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I guess it's a regional colloquialism. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen so fucking course, King over here. Sure. Uh, so, of course, like the fucking little brother who is um, like a I demon given to us by the screenwriter. Do you hate this kid more than you hate the kid in Iron Man 3? No, I, I hate that kid most of all. Ugh. Okay. Do you hate this kid more than you hate Finn Wolfhard? I think it's... Is it Finn Wolfhard? Yeah. How no, is that I'm a real sorry. fucking name? Do you hate this kid more than you hate Galen? What's his name from also the same show? Uh, Who's that? Dustin? I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, on the, on the, like the rankings of like kids who I hate, I think I put kid from Iron Man number one, and then the two uh, Stranger Things kids, and then probably this kid. I kept expecting this kid to be like body snatch at the end, just because he like he's kind of creepy looking. I was mm-hmm. like, if like why else is this kid in the movie except to have him like be weird at the end and be like I don't know to say something creepy and you know like your brother thought the same way I had to kill him or, you know, something weird like that. It was like the Donald Sutherland face at the end of body snatchers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like tentacles are popping out of his fucking mouth. Um, so of course he forgets his fucking stuff. Teddy bear mm-hmm. as after like Ron Limson has forced the two of them onto the bus. So she has to run off to get the bus. She has a lot of like ineffectual running. Meanwhile, so the bus takes off. Uh, at one point she's running after the bus. Like nobody notices her. There's a yeah, lot of people walking fuck. around. Yeah. I'm sorry, they don't have rearview mirrors on this fucking bus. The EMP knocked those out too. Um, meanwhile, Leaf Shriver is addressing all the adults like inside the the summer camp 
mess hall or whatever. And the foreplay was begun. The aliens can control human beings. They look like human beings. They're probably amongst you now, which if this guy is not evil, this is the least effective or interesting way to tell part of the story because it's only going to incite mass hysteria and paranoia. I mean, why do they even bother with this if they're evil, though? Right? Just they can all shoot themselves. Like, why? I, why didn't they just firebomb the place? Like, it, the tactics of the aliens make no sense at all. This is not the easiest way by any means. This is not like saving resources. There's also, I don't know if you caught this. There's this bit where Lee Shriver is like explaining, like, they could be among us, they could be anyone. And then it's like, cut to the only three black people in this room. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah. I was like, wow, that kind of stands out. And these these dudes are all looking around like, oh, shit. You know, like, yeah, like we picked the wrong fucking place to, you know, settle down. A bunch of crazy fucking white people around us. Um, yeah. Fucking I, Ohio. Yeah, really. <laughs> Which, again, you're filming in, a, in Georgia. Like, how are there only three black extras? <laughs> That's a choice. <laughs> um, yeah, so. I got to say, I did not immediately think, okay, obviously he's evil based on this. I thought just, this is a bad fucking script. This is the worst way to give this information. Well, to me, then this, I wrote this down, was, no wonder the aliens are winning to me. This was setting up the like, Oh, they want us to think he's evil, but he's actually not. And there's going to be like a, there's going to be a little twist happen around the end of act two, where we realize that like maybe even Chloe Moretz herself has been body snatched or something like that. But no, it's, it's exactly what you'd expect. Basically. Like, like body snatch a la std like a la sexual transference or i mean there's you know she gets shot and wakes up later and she's like healing like that would have been the time to do it you know to like mm. done the old switcheroo on the audience so she of course because she's getting the fucking teddy bear gets to witness the fucking bloodbath and ensues inside this room so she takes off running through the woods this and is, they this is that. where that shot is where she runs and then turns 90 degrees and runs oh. a little more in slow motion yeah, it's all like slow motion, like there's distorted like sounds of gunfire and her own breathing. The editor, I just I want to send a care basket to the editor of this movie. Cause this is like this is just a whole big reel of shit. Um, well, there's a whole thing where like Lee Shriver walks out, he sees the teddy bear, stops and stares at it, and does this kind of Lee Shriver face, and they all roll away. It's like one long continuous take. And seemingly she Chloe Moretz walks back to pick up this teddy bear, like one second after the uh, trucks have rolled away. Oh, it's like we're supposed to be like, I don't know, menaced by that. Like, you know what I think, guys? I think a girl with perfect hair might have just witnessed our thing and ran off into the woods, but I mm-hmm. don't care. Um, There's also like this weird, bizarre angle. She like hugs a tree and like tries to cover her ears yeah. while shaking her. Like, no, this had to be like super hacky reshoots, right? I, I don't even know. There, It's just like, oh, it's time for you to act, Chloe. You uh, you suspect your father was just murdered in a mass shooting by the military. Go. Yeah, so she finds her dead dad amongst all the other dead people, runs into the woods again, and has just like an ugly hyperventilating cry. Mm-hmm. But it just, I like, I wasn't buying it. Like, it, none of this seemed emotionally impactful to me. Like, it was so poorly done that I wasn't able to even, like, get into that character headspace. Like, Oh, no, especially I after I mean, you got to figure like how many people have you seen die by this point? Like I get it through dad and whatnot, but she didn't seem like hard enough, like, you know, toughened up enough by this point. Like 
how long have you been collecting water and like you know eating your neighbors like you should be a little tougher by this point what if we had said had a scene where she's like it's like chloe like ponytail hair still perfect tank top she's just like dug a hole kicked ron Levinson into it reburied him and then she puts a little sound that just says daddy on mm-hmm. it yeah <laughs> so we get to maybe right maybe cut and- herself uh some some thigh fillets before she did that Mm-hmm. she's just eating it like jerky while she's walking through the wasteland mm-hmm. <laughs> uh if, if you're want to send a care package of the podcast just send some thigh jerky to benjamin light address at the end they, uh, they try really hard to to set up this whole zombie um nickname like, call you zombie why is that it's because everyone else died except for you like it's like nobody calls you zombie dude like well I hate this movie because we get we follow all the buses to Wright Patterson Air Force Base. The little brother gets off the bus and the movie's like, yeah, fuck this kid. Let's follow a zombie. Yeah, it's like it's like the movie's like, wait a minute. Ah, this sucks. Let's go find find another character to follow around. Like we need a better plot here. We don't give yeah. a shit about this stupid little kid. But he's also like eight. Or yeah. No thanks. Five to thirteen. I don't know how old kids are. Who no one can tell. You can only tell by cutting them in half and counting the rings like a tree. But, like, yeah, so zombies clearly who you're going to follow to do military stuff. So he gets, like, a medical exam from, like, Maria Bella, which should sound hotter than it actually is. Um, Her hair is doing something like, weird in this. I'm pretty yeah, sure that's not a military-issue haircut. Like, don't you have to cut your hair at least somewhat in the military? I'm, I'm not sure what the current regulation on that is, but... She's this de- is a lot of work. This is a lot of, like, like putting work in before she shows up for work. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, it seems like she's hitting on him for half a second. Maybe that's just her way. So she, I mean, I guess this is like, she's the, maybe there's like a dude who's recruiting all the women or something for this, but she's kind of like doing this weird kind of pump him up, like macho thing. Mm-hmm. And a little bit of touching here and there. And like, are you going to be the one to fight back? And I don't know. It's a little weird. They, yeah, they could have so, done more with that. They didn't. The whole thing where like, she shows him, the alien kid next door. I was hoping his whole head would explode, and it was very disappointing. Well, they do like the, the 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 shitty thing where if you haven't picked up on the twist like me by now, you definitely have. Where it's like it's like a mirrored wall, like we're in an interrogation room, and she hits the button, and it's like for a second he's like staring at himself in the mirror, and then you realize as she moves him over. You can see like there's another kid in the next room who's like hooked up to things and there's like x-ray goggles like the sunglasses from They Live. And it's like you can see this like baby doll like starfish thing like sitting on the front of this kid's brain, which seems to move based on which angle they look at this shit from. Yeah. Like the starfish seems to like go a little bit lower or higher or whatever. But that thing is also I wrote down vigorously massaging that kid's frontal lobes. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, like ending cerebral rub down. That thing looked big. It's like, how is his nose not like exploding outwards from that like weird thing that's hugging his brain? Yeah, yeah. So she's like screaming at Love Simon until he like pushes the red button to kill the kid because that's the only he can kill the aliens. His head does not explode again. Just like to point that out. He just kind of like, and this is all like, it's like, wow, that's pretty convenient that they're just like, hey, you need to kill this thing. You we showing you like this weird goggles you look through and, and it looks like there's an alien because of that now just start killing people yeah good yeah well first start do this week and a half of like uh boot camp i mean 
at most a month maybe this goes on like i don't know how long it takes chloe moretz's like leg to heal but like she doesn't seem like she's out there that long no so we got to her traipsing around the woods of her rifle doing some voiceover journaling very about personal how, yeah like the easiest way to kill off a species is like kill the easy ones first i think it's a whole lot of like journaling about the alien invasion and how like you know they're killing the humans and also like just some like insane erotic fiction about uh this zombie guy is the, the uh, impression i get yes yeah, like friends. the dude reads it later and he's like oh ben parish i recognize that name <laughs> you've been writing some some fucked up shit about him and i dig it <laughs> you've got some weird imaginings about his uh his mm-hmm. stuff um she's like hiding from other people in the woods and she makes a comment in her journaling. Like since the others look like us, we can't trust anyone again, weak screenwriting. Like, did she really pick up on that when she was listening into like, yeah, I know. Driver's whole thing? It didn't seem like she heard it, but yeah, somehow she knows now. Also occasionally there'll be like the, the weird like hunter stalker guy in the woods. It's always the same guy. That's all right. It's like always this dude in like a hunter's hat and like coat walking around with a rifle like multiple times in this movie, even though she's moving around. There's potentially there's potentially some gifable moments here where she's like at one point there's like these quick cuts. She's like duct taping her shoe and then she like throws on a scarf for this like let's go moment. But what was the the voiceover? The voiceover is like 80 miles to write Patterson. I'm coming, Sammy. I promise. Like what? I was like, what is she duct taping her shoe because she's repairing it? Or is this going to make her quieter? Like, I'm not no sure. Fucking idea. Yeah. This I'm like, I was funny. I'm like, I'm thinking this journaling is solely for our benefit. I still um, can't believe how bad the lighting is on these night shots. It's like a fucking infuriating. So we catch up to the beginning. She shoots the fucking dude, which leads to more journaling, which is, how do you rid the world of humans? First, you rid the humans of their humanity. Sigh. Boom. Speaking <sighs> of ridding the world of humanity, I need to go get another beer if that's all right with you. Yeah, let's take a pause. Chloe Moretz is walking across the highway. This obviously seems like a big ambush scene because there's all these parked cars here. There's like way too many places where, where like aliens be hiding. She comes across people who've all been shot in the back. And like at this point, she should be like, oh, snipers, right? Because they've already mentioned the, the existence of snipers at this point, like shooting people. Um, but instead, she just walks around and stares until she gets shot. Um, and it, there's even like a, a cigarette that's like still burning. And so it's obviously just happened very recently. Mm-hmm. There's these weird little drone things that fly around overhead that never do anything in the entire movie. Yeah, like the fucking alien drones. Yeah, she gets shot, whatever. She's going to wake up. Who knows how much later. I mean, shot by a rifle, like somehow that didn't completely destroy her leg. I don't know. Um, I almost feel like we could just skip over most of the rest of this bullshit because it's real boring. Lee Schreiber gives like this dumb speech to all these like children recruits. He's quoting like Corinthians, these kids. And then he says, those words never meant more to me than they do right now. Looking at all of you, which LOL. Like, as an alien, are you, like, fucking up on your fucking research about the Bible? And you're just like, yeah, that's the tact. Well, why, like, don't, work why don't they have some sort of, like, okay, little brother, you're, like, fucking eight or something. We're going to put you in, a like, a little different group than these, like, teenagers, right? 
Like, yeah, yeah. You're not going through these same boot camps that these kids are. These kids are practically adults already. Like, we're going to put them through the main training and you're going to, I don't know, just chill out and, like, you know, do the junior version for a few like years. Like the Muppet Babies, yeah. Super Soldier. Yeah, yeah. Like the Liam Shriver alien. I just, I feel like he's probably like a really good covert operative alien. He's probably like a military leader alien. But I feel like he's also like the amateur thespian alien. And he's just like, I want to work on my like character of Colonel Major Liam Shriver. Major Colonel General, whatever. Um, so we get this fucking like boot camp sequence of these kids. There's some screaming. There's some pep talking. It's been what a couple days, maybe. <laughs> like there's there's a whole like paintball guns training thing. There's like a paintball booby trap IEDs thing. It's the shittiest retread of Starship Troopers ever. I mean, this is like one of those like Starship Troopers straight to DVD movies. When when we come back to them, like after like the next Chloe section. It's like it's suddenly like year three of like battle school for these kids or something, you know, like they're like they're all gritty. They're playing poker in the barracks. It's like it's been a fucking week. Chill out. You know what scenes missing from all this? Uh, are you going to say the shower scene? No, no. Okay. To the no, the scene where like fucking <laughs> the Tony Ravio shower scene with Tony Ravio. They're fucking kids. <laughs> I know. <laughs> here's I'm just, my, here's you... my thing, my friend. You can have. Like cannibalism, or you can have child pornography. You pick one. <laughs> well, I think uh, it's cannibalism. Obviously, no. The fucking scene where Tony Ravioli is like, "Hey guys, where's our parents?" Yeah, yeah, I know. They're like, "Oh, your parents are right behind you, kids." Yeah, maybe not. Oh uh, yeah, the the fourth wave got them. It's a real fucking shame. That's why you're all going to be soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Chloe wakes up this dude's house. She sets up a night to eat. This fucking guy. This just made me think of, do you remember that time Kim Bauer got into a fight with a mountain lion and got trapped in the cabin of Matt Dillon's like fugly little brother for a whole episode 24? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, this guy, he just, there's something about his look that just like immediately screams like comedy to me. Like he looks like... Sleazier Dave Franco. Exactly. Yeah. He looks like way too much of a pretty boy. Like he's got like a beard, but it's this very nicely manicured beard. It's very short. You know, and like he has these like big bushy eyebrows and like perfect like short hair. Like he just looks like way too much of a model to be uh, just a regular old character in a post-apocalyptic story. Like he's way too attractive. I'm pretty sure he's got like long eyelashes that he's wearing or something like that. Like, it's I, yeah. I believe that he's in like that freeform Killer Mermaid show. Mm. Um, but yeah, and. I didn't catch his actual character name until the end of the movie somehow. I just kept calling him that guy. So at a certain point in my notes, I just started writing Jack Wilder. Yeah, really? If only he was um, Jack Wilder. So she doesn't know hey, where she is. Should we do is. that movie next? Oh, absolutely. That movie is a fucking gem. Should we do them both? I kind of wonder. I mean, because that'll be a very interesting, like... I would go on and say, like, I really enjoy the first one, and I really... <laughs> Almost loathe the second one, so yeah, it's doing both. Two okay. different episodes or one? Uh, probably just Let's one. See. Okay. I don't that's, know. I mean, we change our format up a little bit. Okay. Um, <laughs> you see me verse. Anyway, so she wakes up in this dude's house, which understandably that can be creepy. Also, you've just been shot. Also, it's the end of the world, and you're all your family's dead or whatever. She employs this move where she just pretends to be asleep. When yeah. He comes. Oh, here's that saying. 
can we just can we just maybe fast forward through some of this shit? Because like it's all real dumb and boring. Eventually, she realizes he's like kept her gun that he said he didn't find, and like a, a like he put it in like the floorboards, and she finds it. She runs away, and like he tackles her, but oh no, he's just like saving her from that one hunter that we see over and over again. And like he's gonna help her find her brother. She's got to get back to this military base. There, we skipped well, like twenty minutes of movie. I would I would just add. I would just add that his big emotional thing is that he couldn't save his family, but he could save her. And that made him feel more human. And she like snickers and like chides him with, and you need help with that. It's like, you just shot a dude and like fucking aggro journaled about it for who knows how long. They even hit your YA staple of like, she wakes up early. He's not there. Oh, he's uh, he's bathing perhaps naked. We don't really see uh, he's yeah. bathing uh, at least shirtless in the lake down there. And she's going to watch until he turns around and she runs away. Like, uh, it's, it's like it's not even the, abs. It's not even yeah. the good version of that scene. Like they could have had fun and taken that in a lot of different directions. What, and instead, they go nowhere the, with it. What is the good version? Like him, like leaning against a tree and it's like jerking it out. <laughs> yes. No, it's like they don't even. She just runs away. They don't talk about it or mention it. I don't know. It's just not. It's not sexy like it should be, man. No, it's not. In a movie that could have featured succulent cannibalism, mm-hmm. this dude is also. I don't know, 17 to 32? Somewhere in there, yeah. This, um, this is also where the boot camp kids have been told that, like, we're sending you in action after a week and a half training or something. And we got these, like, new helmets that were like, let you see the bad guys um, it, with, with these hilarious, like, glowing green skulls. That's some good tech there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then she, she bones a dude, Jack Walder, here at some point. Oh, yeah, so... So, you know, Jack Wilder, when we see his room, he is apparently horny for magic. There's so much fucking magic paraphernalia posters, as well as the poster for Tim Burton's Big Fish. Mm-hmm. Well, and she basically like gives him like a thank you fuck, basically. You know, it's like you saved yeah. my life. Let's do it. I mean, they, they hide from the one hunter, the, the single hunter guy behind a tree. Mm hmm. They don't even like turn they, sideways. They're not maybe? even like all the way behind that tree. It's like if that guy just turns 75 degrees to his right, he will see them because they're not even undercover. No, he's like, oh, lots of trees have shoulders. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so there's a mission into, I don't know, Columbus again or wherever they're going. Um, they're going to right, right, Patterson. Yeah, yeah. They just go shoot up some dudes. It's all very dark. You can barely see anything. One guy dies, and I like. I'm like, I think it was Oompa who dies, and it's like, who the fuck is Oompa? I have no idea. Well, they're they're screaming at one point for their comrade Teacup. Teacup, yeah. Oh, did Teacup make it? Oh yeah, Teacup's here. Oh, which I phew. got confused. I thought Teacup was gonna be Tony Ravioli. I was like, that's genius. And then no, it's yeah. the little girl. Um. Also, uh, is it Evan? Evan and Cassie have the the sin of he he is guilty of the you don't have to be tough all the time cliche, mm-hmm. and she's guilty of the I made my brother a promise that I'd be there for him. Yeah, they have no chemistry. It's so boring. Um, this is the part yes. of the movie where I can't see anything that's happening because it looks so horrible. Also, it's I don't remember was this like an hour or something in the movie. This the shit is happening leisurely. Mm-hmm. This is almost a two-hour movie, and it did not need to be more than an hour. I feel like I, the whole thing where they had these like little visors and put these glowing green skulls on people—it's very funny. Um, they eventually figure out that 
Like, like after the, like there's this crazy shootout and they have to like do a diversion and Oompa dies and they blow up a big bus and and Ringer really helps him out there by being a badass shot or something, you know. Mm-hmm. But she's like at the end of all that, she's like, ah, fuck this, I'm quitting, I'm de-enlisting, and she like takes out the tracker they put in her and she immediately like pops up as like, oh no, it's an alien, you're you're green on our thing, and they figure out that oh no, these trackers are it's all it's all phony, it's all fake. I don't know how exactly that technology works. That it, I don't know. It's like infrared, and it can recognize human beings from like great distances and like CGI imposed skulls on their faces. That's that's some impressive technology. There's a Black Mirror episode that handles this much better, um, point for point. Yeah. Uh, after they before that, after they've survived like the, whatever the bus explosion or whatever, the strip poker dude is just like, well, someone says that's badass ringer, and he's just like. I'd hug you if I didn't think you'd punch me in the nuts for it. It's like, this guy's a fucking predator. Um, yeah, so uh, Love, Simon the decides that he's going to... He believes Ringer. He cuts out his own thing. They all freak out. Now he's an alien. No, 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 guys. It's Liev Shriver, Mir- Mirabella. They're the aliens. And he gets the fucking, like, dun-dun-dun line. We're not fighting the fifth wave. We are the fifth wave. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, oh, I, he happened to, like, tie up the kid, Sammy, there. Uh, and so they got to go back and save him. Yeah. What was his plan? Like long term? Like he's like, oh, I'll be back in a few hours. I'll just untie you later. I don't know. I feel like military culture is not kind to the kid that lets himself get tied up in the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, oh, why Why would they be taking a fucking eight year old along anyways? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, there's lots of gross scenes of them pulling out those things from their fucking necks. I know you were probably into that, but I was not. Um, I was not into now, this like fight scene that happens in the dark where I could literally not see anything that was happening. An hour and a half in the movie, a character reads my mind and asks aloud, what's the point of any of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, so somehow Cassie has gotten away from Evan. I don't remember how. She gets into Wright Patterson. She's blowing up all around. She runs she into Love back Simon. to the base. Yeah. She like puts a lot of faith in her high school crush to not be evil and just be a stand-up bro. And I kept waiting for a zombie to be like, who are you again? Are you Elizabeth? Oh, before, you before she leaves that Evan guy, there's this whole talk about how he's like, he was a sleeper. Like the others, they, they came before and like sleeper implanted a bunch of agents and he was like turned on to be evil. But then like when he <laughs> saw her, he was turned on in a different way and decided to be good again. We it's, get all kinds of like flashbacks of yeah. him, like stalking her with a gun. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, hey, you remember that uh, one scene earlier where it's dark and he couldn't see anything and she looks around like she hears something, but then nothing happens. It turns out he was looking at her through a sniper scope then. Yeah. Hmm. Uh this guy so by she, the way turns into a like a fucking like commando ninja here. He somehow like takes down this entire yeah. military base by himself. He is blowing shit up. Uh, as she and zombie are running through the hallway to save the day, this guy just like comes out of a fucking air duck and like kisses her. I, I was like, is this supposed to be a love triangle? Is this like Peter and Gale? I don't even know. It's a two Gales, but like, he's just like, I'm going to go blow up more of the base, even though I'm carrying not single one bit of ammo or munitions mm-hmm. with me. Whatevs. I'll catch you later. Peace. There's never anything established that like the, the, the aliens know who is and isn't one of them yeah there you know there's no kind of body snatcher idea of like oh you need to act a certain way or, or i don't know it's complete failure of that whole plot mechanic 
Well, it's like, how are you not doing like the thing thing where it's like you you have to like lock everyone in a room yeah. and like test their blood or whatever? No, that'd be far too interesting uh, for this movie. Yeah, so just so many fucking questions glossed over. Like, again, how did the survivalist weirdo get onto the base and blow shit up and get into air ducts? And what the fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck? Uh, he's, he's like so takes down the entire military base by himself, seemingly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's fucking Rambo and I kept wondering, like, are are they are a bunch of humans going to show up? Like, did the, is has the resistance shown up or something? No, just this one guy. Who is the who is the former name actor who shows up to like cash in a buck to be barely recognizable in this movie? Oh, you mean as like the leader of the resistance? Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Let me think. Um, how about Michael Ironside? No, thank no? you. No. No. Michael Ironside would have campaigned hard to be the Lieb Schreiber role. Yeah, that's true. Well, who you got? I was just like Skeet Ulrich. Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> right? I mean, come on. Uh, I mean, this was pre-Riverdale. I think his uh, he wasn't on his comeback trail yet. I mean, like, it would have been him or it would have been like Mackay Pfeiffer. Mackay Pfeiffer's like, nah, I'm going to do this Divergent thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, so... They're running away from the base, like the, the brother Michael and her Bean? and zombie. Michael Bean? Mm-hmm. Reese? Yeah, I can see that. Or Robert Patrick. He probably would have done it. Robert Patrick, I feel like, is probably too good at playing a military officer now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're running away. And like the fucking ground is caving away beneath them this is like their earthquake weapon or something this is such a boring the climax of this movie is like they run away hide behind a truck so that they can't get shot from this helicopter that lee shriver's taken off in and then ringer drives by in a jeep they get in the jeep they drive away that's it i needed the little brother to die here oh god yes or to be evil or something yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like fucking tentacles come out of his eyeballs. Well, there's a bit where all the all the children are being like, kind of like herded onto like these big transports, right? And they're all wearing these like blue jumpsuits. They're running through there, her and Love Simon, in like their army camo. They single out this one kid, and they're like, "All right, let's go." And they like, there's, mind you, there's military dudes all around, seemingly aliens, right? And they just run off with this one kid through a side door, and no one like bats an eye at it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the kids are all being evacuated to someplace called Wonderland, mm. um, which I, I guess that's the sequel, whatever. So they get to like a farm or something. And they have like a survival feast, which consists of baked beans and scrambled eggs, which is like almost a Frasier theme song. Uh, Chloe's makeup still flawless. Yeah, her hair, her makeup. Mm-hmm. Goddamn, she looks great. Um, they're like. They're like oddly jovial and just like hanging out like like maybe all this shit didn't just go down and they're going to sit down and eat. And she has like one last terrible voiceover, which is it's our hope that makes us human. Yeah, whatever. What a terrible movie. Produced by Tobey Maguire. Yeah. I I'm amazed at how bad this movie was. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. I thought like it'd be a cheesy YA movie, but like competent at least. This the production of this movie makes I am number four look like Spielberg. Uh, comparatively, I remember I am number four now as being a lot more fun. Oh yeah, for sure. Also, Timmy Valfon has a samurai haircut in that movie, right? Mm-hmm. He sure yeah. does. He's like a surfer samurai. It's awesome. 
I've only caught a little bit of Santa Clarita diet, but uh, Timmy Falafel's a national treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, Make one change. I have a bunch here. Uh, one, I would not start this movie in Media Ray because the way they do it is so uninteresting. It's shot terribly. It's written poorly. It's boring as fuck. It's not like the movie is about how she's fighting to hold on to some morals or walk a more righteous path, like surviving without killing or anything. She really has like zero arc. <laughs> no. Uh, I mean, I don't even think finding her fucking brother is an arc. Uh, there's, there's nothing there. It's, this is like, I don't know. I don't, it's like a high school script you'd write in high school and like your film professor would, like slap the shit out of you when you read it. Um, I feel like you're like, better off just starting right off the bat for family and her life and then actually having something interesting happen like aliens attacking and end up in the refugee camp and go from there um there's nothing to show from her her mileage or her change or her growth especially considering the opening and like the halcyon days of old cast anyway so the premise wouldn't just be more interesting if it was just the kids who survived the apocalypse and have them fight the aliens i feel like that could be more fun and interesting and also this is garbage you yeah um if I could just change one thing, I don't know. I guess make this a body snatchers movie, basically. Like lean into that aspect of the plot line. Just go full invasion of the body snatchers. Um lose all the junior boot camp stuff and yeah, just have it be about the kids out on their own, not knowing who to trust. I don't know. Yeah. This, this movie's terrible. I I'm curious as to like what what the book could possibly be to like rectify this in any way you know even at 450 pages long like is it completely different is the movie just like a massive travesty compared to the book or is the book just more the same but just like longer and more detailed <laughs> let's let's hear from those fifth wave heads if you're brave enough to step forward mm-hmm. uh, like I, I would rather concoct a like remake of the thing set in a high school I don't need any of this other stuff. I really don't, especially if you're going to do it so poorly. Yeah. I mean, shit. I think the Red Dawn remake is better than this. That movie's just bad. I just, I don't think they had the budget to tell the story they wanted to tell. No. Anyway, let's, uh, let's do our power rankings. I somehow have 10, although they're pretty bullshit. I have, oh shit. I have eight spread across 10 spots. Okay. Hmm. So, uh, I put Sam, the little brother, number ten, just because he sucked. Yep. Yep. Same here. That kid's a fucking trope. Yeah. What a fucking boring ass character. Stupid teddy bear. I mean, come on. I'll film the rest of these while we talk. Okay. Uh, at number nine, I had Oompa, just because uh, I remember that there's a character named Oompa in this. At some point, I was having trouble thinking of who was in the movie. Uh, Oompa died. I'm not sure who Oompa was, but uh, Oompa had the classic like, it's all right, everyone. I'm in this medium shot and everything's fine now. Nothing's going to like attack me from off screen. Oh, I'm dead now. He had that moment. Is there a moment when you you remember like first understanding the language of film and recognizing that shot? Uh, Probably the haunting. Yes, I was just going to say the same thing. Mm -hmm. Owen Wilson dies in the haunting. Owen Wilson gets decapitated. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, my number nine is Maggie Siff as the mom. Oh, she didn't even rank for me. Sorry, Midge. <laughs> I, 
<laughs> and number eight, I wrote Kyle Chandler. I'm just going to leave it that way. Good job, Kyle Chandler. Okay. <laughs> My number eight is Elizabeth because she's funny. Who's Elizabeth? Exactly. Oh, her friend. That's right. Yeah, Elizabeth. <laughs> the funny one. Uh, what, is she funny or something? Yeah. Um, I know she has dialogue. I just don't remember what it is. Yeah. Number seven, I had Teacup, just because that was another name I remembered from the movie. Yep. Same here. I, honestly, same here. I just wrote that in, though. But uh, like five minutes ago, I wrote in Teacup. Because I remember them yelling, where's Teacup? Where's Teacup? And <laughs> like, I was who like, the fuck is Teacup? I, for life of me, I have no idea who Teacup is, but mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. You know, Chloe grates some rats. Her, the E in Chloe has like a little, two little umlaut dots or something at the end of it, whatever that's called. Hmm. Is she still? Does she still go Chloe Grace Moretz, or is it just Chloe Moretz now? I don't know if anyone still really uses the Grace. Hmm. Like she's always good in pretty much everything she does, except for this. And I have not seen a ton of her movies. I haven't seen Hugo. I haven't seen like the remake of Carrie. Um, I did see the remake of Carrie. Um, not a great film. She's fine, but yeah, it's. it's ugh. I mean, she's fine in like the little bit she has in like the fucking Equalizer re- movie. She's uh, good in Thirty Rock. She's fantastic in Thirty Rock. Thirty yeah. Rock is like, why don't you give this this girl like a like a real comedy or even like a sitcom of her own or something, mm-hmm. uh, or give her like a real fucking action movie? I mean, I feel like you have to do one action movie and like not shit the bed on it, and people will buy you as an action thing. And she fucking did it as. I don't even know, like a twelve-year-old. So, well, she's she was in that uh, Lucy K movie, right? Which may or may oh, not ever yeah. see the light of day. Which, like, I love you, Daddy. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's fucking creepy. I no, would. No love, one really wants to see that movie now. I would love to hear her talk about like <laughs> the like. I'm not contractually bound to criticize this movie, <laughs> but I was terrified the whole time. I'm sorry, you cut off a second. Is that your number six? Is your number six claim rats? Oh no, um, my number six was Sergeant Resnick, Maria Bello. Okay, um, she's another character that's in the movie. Yeah, you know what? I think I meant to have her in there, and I don't actually. My number six is, I guess the actor's name is Alex Rowe as Evan. Evan uh, Walker. Jack Wilder. Yeah. At one point, Jack Wilder. At one point, they say Evan Walker, like in the movie, so you know who it is. You're like, who? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had him at number five. Dave Franco's like not quite as attractive. Market correction or something. I don't know. That guy was real fucking boring. I did not care about him like finding what it means to love and be human or whatever. Like it was never clear exactly what he was. Like, was he a human who like was infected with a host? Is he completely an alien? Like, I don't know. I don't care. It just pisses me off that ostensibly Chloe Moretz is the star of the movie and her two love interests have more story, like Mm -hmm. more meet the chew off the buttocks of a victim that they've killed in the cannibalistic orgy frenzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number five is Tony Revolori uh, or Tony Ravioli as uh, Dumbo. Dumbo. I love that guy. Didn't you say he's like on a uh, fucking like movie fights thing or something with Jane Nicholson? Yeah. I mean that, that shows generally pretty bad. It's like this YouTube thing where they just like, it's like debate club for movie geeks. Um, 
but the one with Jenny Nicholson and her is in him is pretty funny because um, she just like destroys him. She goes after him. It's hilarious. But isn't he like, isn't he the bully in like the Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man? Yeah, he's, he's Flash Thompson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think he's got a great affect. He's great in the Wes Anderson movie. Um, Your bold choice. <laughs> Cast him as zombie. No, I like Nick Robinson. I actually do think Nick Robinson's a refreshing, you know, is there's a lot of boring male, young male actors in Hollywood. And I think Nick Robinson's not terrible. He's not a flashy, boring asshole. He's not forgettable, bland, like 72 abs, like Evan Walker. Um, but yeah, Tony, Tony Ravioli. He's a number five. He's great. I had Evan Walker. God, he's boring. Yeah. Number four. Number four had Cassie. Cassiopeia. Yep, yeah. Cassiopeia Sullivan. Yeah. What a, what a nothing character. We don't find out her full uh, her full first name is Cassiopeia until the end of the well, movie. It's, it's, let me let me set it up. It's like uh Love Simon comes over, he's like, What are you doing? And she's like, looking for the stars. It's broad daylight, by the way. And he's just like, <laughs> Why? And she's just like my name or I, I no, he says he's no, like he is that your her. name he tells her yeah. her name your name's for a star that's deep right how long are you gonna be uh, hung up on that weird alien bone for weekend bone i don't even know that he's interested in her yeah i mean i, they, I feel like he kind of had something going much. with the ringer girl yeah ringer is so much more interesting quite frankly Ringer's just and, not a good name for a girl by the way or oh. a guy like that's not a good name for character well, they play her as like super socially awkward and goth, but like she's fucking here in this world and Cassie's not. Mm-hmm. But like her name should be like, they I don't, don't even know, do the Ripley shot or when... something. Call her teacup. It'd be yeah, there you ironic. Go. I... But like when when Cassie's like making out with Evan Walker uh, in the hallway at, at Wright Pat, they don't even do the shot where like zombies watching and he's like, maybe I'm feeling something. here. No, he doesn't like, care. They're gonna fuck. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think I don't think zombie cares. I feel like zombies like you're not going to be weird when I start like getting down with uh, Ringer, are you? I don't even know her real name. I just call her Ringer. I don't know why I'm telling you that. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why your name's Cassiopeia. Uh, who'd you have number three? Leave Schreiber. Colonel Vosh. Yeah, me as well. Um, I could maybe put him Colonel higher. Major General, bad guy. I don't know. Just Lee Schreiber. Who's your agent? How do you keep ending up in all these bad movies? Have you ever? I've seen the pilot to Ray Donovan. That show. I've never watched it. Um, it didn't sound like it interesting. He's like a Hollywood fixer, right? I think I watched the pilot. And that's I'm saying. I think there's a certain kind kind of show, and not even like from what I I understand of The Sopranos, which I barely watched, or what I know of Breaking Bad, which I watched a little bit of. There's a certain type of show, like like. Ray Donovan and Californication that seems solely devoted to male bad behavior. And I feel like it's just to give like actors who don't want to do a whole like male actors who want, don't want to do a lot like scenes with like copious amounts of like naked stars. Like Duchovny. Yeah, like Duchovny. Yeah. How long did it take you to realize it was Lee Shriver in the Isle of Dogs? Oh, as um as spots. spots. Yeah. Not, not that long. Not that long. It probably not till two thirds of the way through. I was like, "Who is that?" Like that voice is familiar. It took me a while. Um, I it, I believe we've talked about this on the movie or on the podcast before when we talked about Scream. Um, I like Lee Shriver. I look at his IMDb and I'm like, "Why do I like Lee Shriver? He's been in trash." 
Um, but he's been in a few good movies, at least. I remember when they cast him in that Wolverine movie, Sabretooth. I just remember thinking, like, man, he is so miscast. So horribly. The two voices that I... I mean, he's I, tall. That's about all he has going for him in that role. He is, like, a big, tall dude. The two voices I couldn't place in Isle of Dogs were Courtney Vance as the narrator. I don't know why. And Oh, I placed Scar- that immediately. ScarJo only because I thought in the trailer that the ScarJo character's voice was um was uh, the... Angelica Houston. Oh, who is Angelica Houston in that? I don't think she's in the movie, but oh, okay. in the <laughs> trailer like, in the trailer when she's talking to Oh, Brian I, I knew Hansen, that was ScarJo right away. Yeah. Well, in the movie it's obviously ScarJo, but in the trailer I thought when she's like, "Are you going to rescue him?" the little boy, I was pretty sure it was Angelica Houston. And I was like, "Well, of course it makes sense Angelica Houston's in this, but yeah. So, Leave Shivers are number three. Who's your oh, number two? He, he was in Phantoms. Oh, he's in Sphere. That's right. I liked him in Sphere. That was a terrible movie. Isn't that movie like go the exact opposite direction of the book as a far as like little... Hoffman's thesis? Yeah, maybe. I, I remember liking the book. It's been a long time since I read that book, though. But the book was more interesting, at least, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. The movie's pretty bad. Before Crichton lost his goddamn mind. Mm-hmm. Wrote an entire book like complaining about. Uh, climate change and how it's fake yeah well oh man the movie the book next he fucking hates women like he just got divorced and he hates women it's all in every page and then see that there in prey i don't know if you remember that plot line from prey i mean it was i think when you look back at it focus on the first half of prey when you look back at it it's telling obviously that like ooh, maybe this guy has some some issues but like the the first half of the book prey is all from the perspective of a husband of like a nanotechnology scientist and like mm-hmm. he just sees his wife going off to like this like shady corporation to work every day and he's getting more and more paranoid it's interesting as like a conceit but then you look back and you're like oh wait maybe he just hates women maybe that's why that was written in that perspective you know i i enjoyed the first half of that book because mm-hmm. it kind of does the reversal because typically in a movie that would be the wife's thing yeah and he's like mm-hmm. the stay-at-home dad and i think that 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 reversal of what you're used to just worked for Crichton and his burgeoning hatred of women um but also next is the one where he'd gotten a bad review so he took the name of the reviewer and assigned it to a brief aside about a child molester a character who is a, who is a child dick. molester who also had a little dick yeah yeah really hammer that point home i feel like Crichton. i know he's too smart if he was still alive i feel like he would be like in the trump administration like he would he would be oh, a those no he, he'd be one other of uh what's that scott adams he'd be one of those dudes on twitter Ooh. yeah Ooh. he'd totally be that would be his wheelhouse he'd probably be like the secretary of energy <laughs> yeah. um spotlight that was the performance i fucking loved lee shriver in he, oh, he is he is good uh here and there yeah and that and that one, he's so low key. He's so understated. And that's his wheelhouse, though. Is to yeah. he 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 does a whole lot of playing the minor key there. Uh, this movie's not really the greatest well, purpose. Of. Scream Two works for me for him because even though you see him only in footage in Scream One, they present him like like he seems like a like a tough guy because he's you know in jail. He's tall. He's big he's mean looking he may have killed sydney's mom and then when you see him in scream 2 and he's just like really obsessed about mm-hmm. diane sawyer 6 3 yeah. yeah 
Uh, I guess Diane Sawyer is looking pretty good right about now, huh, Sid? It's Diane Sawyer. Uh, number two, I had Zombie Ben Parrish. What a boring fucking character. Um, yeah, he was there though. I mean, he's less boring than fucking Cassie was. Interesting. I have uh, Ringer, Mickey Monroe, Miss mm. Ringer. Okay. Who's your number one? Is it Sam, the little brother? <laughs> no, I was my number ten. We already covered that. No, I know. Twenty-five minutes ago. <laughs> my number one is Zombie. Um, really? I see. I wouldn't Ringer number one myself. I, uh, she likes chess. What can I say? I like chess. Do you play? Mm-hmm. She, I, she is so like like hot to burn down zombie that it just becomes so clear that she uh, is thirsty for zombie action. Mm-hmm. She really wants that squad leader position because she's been here for all of, like two days. Well, like what happened to her fucking squad? Yeah. Was she just too badass? She, they couldn't handle her. They said that she like got like kicked out or something for insubordination. It, like it wasn't clear. How do you do that at 14 or whatever? <laughs> yeah. What a fucking disaster uh, of a movie. This goddamn movie is so dumb. No, I, you know, I would say this, but Nick Robinson, he is holding together this role and through this role, a whole half of this movie as best he can. Like, I'm so glad that he survived this this apocalypse to get something like Love, Simon. I really am. <sighs> All right. Well, that was the fifth wave. That was terrible. I guess we're going to do the uh, the Now You See Me Cinematic Universe next time. Yeah. Both the movies. That could just be a free-flowing conversation. We don't have to regiment it entirely. Um, hmm. I don't know, unless you want to do something else. Uh, we were just talking about something that might have been interesting. It doesn't have to be next. I know we've gotten yeah. recommendations on Twitter for Disturbia. Was it Killing something? Hmm. Just, oh, Killing Eve was a TV show. Eve. Is that actually good or is that like Collateral where it, like, it wants to be good but it's not really that good? Collateral the movie? No, the like Netflix series. Is that the one with... Uh... With Carrie um, Mulligan, Sal- Sally Sparrow. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen that. I've seen Killing Eve. I haven't seen Collateral. Okay. So I, I take it you're saying Collateral wants to be good, but it's not. Uh, it's it's like a BBC crime show that just like really wants to like get on a soapbox about like Syrian refugees. Which it's like not that I like disagree with anything the show's saying. It's just it reminds me a lot of those movies that came out in like the mid to late two thousands. Like, you know, uh, Lions for Lambs or Syriana or um, In the Valley of Elot, where it's like we got some Hollywood people who've got something to say about the war in Iraq and like what they had to say didn't translate to a particularly interesting movie. Uh, there's one line reading in, in Syriana, which I'm, I tend to say is my most enjoyable Matt Damon moment. Mm. Um, I don't think you like Killing Eve, but mm. uh, we probably should stick to movies. Okay. Um, Atomic Blonde. I think someone recommended that to us. Yeah, that's been. I mean, I've I've seen it. It's. I have not myself. I don't know. There's a whole lot to talk about there, honestly. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll do now. You see me. The now you yeah. see me cinematic universe. We'll probably talk more about the first one because the second one is trash. Mm-hmm. We just watched the first one a few weeks ago. I've only ever seen the second one once whenever 
whenever it came I'm, out to video. I might talk for 20 minutes next week about how there's a, a twin in the sequel and they never do any sort of switchery with the twin because that just still blows my mind. It's I like, might it's like talk, trolling. It's like the movie is trolling you. I might talk for 20 minutes about just the names of the characters in the first movie. Like Jay Daniel Atlas. Yes. Jack Wilder. Jack Wilder. Merritt McKinley. Merritt McKinley. Was it uh, Thaddeus Bradley, I think? Thaddeus Bradley. Uh, I need to click away. I just saw that um, Chloe Moretz is going to be in the remake of Suspiria, which is weird. Hmm. By the director of uh, Call Me By Your Name. Um, And the second one has Harry Potter, right? He's definitely the all-star of that movie. He's the MVP. Harry... Uh, what's his face? Uh, Radcliffe there. He is like, I don't care if I'm in a shitty sequel. I'm going for it. Yeah. Lionel Shrike. That's what I'm trying to remember. Shrike. Yeah. All right. <sighs> we'll talk about that next time. Yeah. Until then. Um, yeah. Fifth Wave. Bad movie. Don't see it. No. Would not recommend. No. Bye-bye.